Tuning you now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. Well, hello, everybody. It's Tuesday. I'm getting closer to Thanksgiving. Um, everyone's probably thinking about what they're going to start serving for their meals. Turkey, ham. I don't know. What's, what happens? Brussels sprouts, mashed potatoes, pumpkin Frankly, pie. Frankly, if, if you, if you want to, if you're planning to have a good turkey and you haven't already started it and oh. like have it brining right now, then you're behind the, you're, you're behind the game. So. Oh, really? Oh, you're just a big briner, are you? I see. Oh, okay. yeah. Do a, do do a dry do brine. Do you deep fry it then afterwards or how do you No, do it? no, I sous vide it. So I'll, I'll put it in mm-hmm. tomorrow, tomorrow night. I'll put it in the sous vide in a big bag in a big bucket. Mm-hmm. And then it'll, it'll, uh, you know, cook over, over the day and then I'll pull it out and then I just brown it for 30 minutes on 500 nice. and, uh, and it's been dry brined and then sous vide in all of its juices. And it just comes out amazing. It's like phenomenal. Oh turkey. I, okay. love it. I feel like I just need to buy a ticket to Phoenix right now and come down you do. and bust your you do. We always <laughs> we, we welcome everybody to uh, oh, Thanksgiving. Awesome. So okay, yeah. next time, next time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, other than turkeys and Thanksgiving, I know everybody is talking about this Wonderverse that's opening up here soon. So, I mean, mm-hmm. let's dive into it. What's this all about? Yeah. So this is something that was, uh, frankly. I mean, I didn't hear about it until fairly recently that it was yeah. even coming down the line. So they kept it really pretty quiet. And so um, really excited about this. This is launching outside of Chicago. It's at the you know, the giant Oak Brook Mall, uh, Oak Brook Center Mall. And so I've got a picture of the, the rendering anyway, but it shouldn't just be a rendering. Like this has been really hard to get pictures and information about this. So then some of the press that they've recently put out to, you know, over the, like the last day or so, because they're opening for soft opening, like private viewing in December. And then they open for the public in January. So there should be a website up. There should be pictures up. Obviously they're not. And as I've ranted before, like they should certainly have this stuff up there by now. Um, but they, they just don't. And so it's been really hard to get any information, but ultimately it's going to be about a 45,000 square foot space. It's going to host a variety of different physical and immersive multimedia experiences. There's interactive installations and attractions, there's themed dining experiences, and, you know, just a few of them that they're going to have is, and they're using obviously all of the Sony, uh, Sony IP. So um, they're using the Uncharted. So if you're familiar with the movie Uncharted, it's called The Pursuit. It's an escape room based on their video game franchise. They've got Ghostbusters, which is a virtual reality academy. So two different virtual reality experiences where players can, uh, you know, outsmart and like, capture ghosts. Pacific Playland. And uh, so this is an area based on the film Zombieland that will have arcade classics and human prizes. So probably like classic redemption room is my guess is what they'll have there. Jumanji, Reverse the Curse. So it's a virtual reality experience that's sending uh, players on a quest to complete tasks and reverse the curse. And then Bad Boys Racing Club. So I'm a big Bad Boys fan. I like loved that movie, like that series of movies back in the day. I don't know why. It was just such a great dynamic uh, between Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. And um, and so the Miami-themed racing simulator based on the Bad Boys film series. So that's kind of fun. That, that sounds like it's kind of fun because they always had uh, you know, Mike Lowry, the you know, Will Smith character was always, you know, ended up racing his really expensive car through the streets. And then the ghost trap, 
was a hidden speakeasy uh, based on the Ghostbusters film franchise. And then I think probably Christine's favorite, which is the 21 <laughs> Jump Street pop-up bar. And it's a limited pop-up bar experience that takes guests back to school. Mm-hmm. I love it. I just hope Johnny Depp's there. That's all, you know, that would just be <laughs> right on cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if like when they're opening this, like if there's guests, there's guest appearance to like, you know, oh, grand, grand opening, who knows? I don't know. I mean, that just, would be pretty, that would be really nifty if they actually did it. Um, yeah. Do you think there's any chance that this is like fake news because we haven't heard of it before. And then all of a sudden, maybe is it like their way of testing it to see if this is actually something people would be interested in to see what the excitement level is? Wow. I mean, that would be some pretty significant fake news. I mean, if this came out on April 1st or something, then I would definitely say this is fake news. I think the fact that they also, I was able to find two other renderings. So this is the, uh, you know, the the Ghostbusters speakeasy the that's themed uh, speakeasy. And then they had this like bumper car experience, which I didn't talk about that one, but um, yeah, one of these is... Is the definitely a themed bumper car experience? This, this it looks like it's part of the Zombie Land. Um, did you read? Did you read what they're going to actually do with this? Is that it's not like a typical bumper car because one bumper car is infected and then it goes bumps into another bumper car and then that car gets infected. So the idea is to not get bumped. That's pretty damn clever. Yeah. All right, that's clever. See, this is definitely not fake news. I think this is yeah, this I, is real. I, I, I mean, it, but it's like, possibility. That's, that is pretty cool. I have to say like bumper cars to me are kind of a tired attraction. Um, and this is a really unique, innovative uh, uh, shift to that. And mm-hmm. uh, I should say that they actually are, um, uh, have, they are going to have a commissary bar and a commissary restaurant as well. And uh, really uh, top notch mixologists and chefs that are going to be producing the food and beverage. So definitely an elevated food and beverage experience as well. So yeah. quite a lot they're slamming into a 45,000 square foot space, frankly. For sure. And I'm really curious about it because it it said that they're not charging admission fees. So what is the whole space going to feel like? Like, is it going to feel chunky and blocky? Like there's this here and that, or are they going to theme it all together and and make it feel like it kind of like an all encompassing kind of, you know, and how do you do that with IP? I, I don't know. Like I, that's, that's the thing the, the, all the IP is so disparate. Like, you know, it's easy when you have something like the peanuts or you have right. um, Peppa Pig or whatever, and you have like different attractions in different spaces, but all this stuff is different. Even the, like the front facade and the logo looks actually, frankly, somewhat pathetic. Um, I mean, for such really cool immersive experiences inside the Wonderverse logo is like, it looks like a child did it in clip art. And this is like their logo. I'm really disappointed in it considering the elevated experience that they're intending to have inside. And yeah, how do you, where do you, are you paying with cards? You know, is it, is it game cards to go and pay for each attraction? Are there going to be like, what are the cues again, 45,000 square feet. There's a lot of attractions and shit they're shoving into a, uh, into that size box to have it so fully themed. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, guess what? It's another place for us to go and record <laughs> and oh. check out and see I mean, how it works. I love all ab- these test cases. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm hoping I can get out to the Chicago area uh, really soon anyway. And fortunately, my uh, my wife's cousin, I guess it'd be my cousin-in-law and uh, his wife and their little baby are out there. And so it's just always a good excuse to go and right see on. them too and go have some fun at Wonderverse. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, speaking of traveling everywhere, um, Meow Wolf is going to be available everywhere very soon. Uh, they have partnered with Mighty Coconut, which is a AR VR game studio that uses different online platforms like MetaQuest, PlayStation and Steam to kind of stream out their products, which is 
really interesting. They offer um, a bunch of different things that they're doing right now. Uh, they have a game called 57 Degrees North, which is a storyline that you follow and you can follow it on your phone or I believe in the, the goggles and you have to make different decisions and you shake your phone or move your phone to, um, it's kind of like a locked room to decide what step to do next, which is neat. Um, and then they also have this laser maze product, which is super cool. So you take your phone and you scan your surroundings all around you and it maps it out and creates an actual maze inside of your phone. And you walk around then afterwards in this area using different lasers to kind of unlock different things in this little maze, which seems really cool. And then the one that I think is really awesome is they have this walkabout mini golf. And what this can't speak today, this walkabout mini golf is, is a virtual mini golf game where you put the goggles in and you shoot the balls. It looks super real. Now they've developed eight base games just with different themes. And we'll take a peek at a little video here in a second of what this looks like. Um, and they are now working with uh, Meow Wolf to create a mini golf that is themed after their uh, location in Denver called Numia, Numina, um, which is a sentient universe attempting to communicate in a particular language of mini golf. So it sounds like it's going to be just tied into this kind of the wackiness that Meow Wolf has. Um, and uh, it sounds like a really neat experience here. Um, I'm going to try to pull up this uh, a little. A, test of this and we can yeah. kind of take a look so, at what they're doing so while you're pulling it up yeah it's it's in numina is is tied to their overall their overarching lore they're really trying to tie everything together like each of their different locations and so yeah definitely tied to that lore um yeah and there's some other thoughts once we let's, let's take All a right, look so at this Yeah. So, so that's so what we were watching there for the, those of you who were watching, that's just the general walkabout mini golf program. And then they have branded, uh, they have like themed and branded uh, or like co-branded or licensed um, courses as well. So this is what, this is what Meow Wolf has done is they partnered with walkabout to have a branded set of courses uh, specifically for the walkabout platform and walkabout has done this with other brands as well in the past, but this is, yeah. uh, this is the first time Meow Wolf has done something like this. That's yeah, absolutely. And I mean, some of the cool features are you're going to be able to dress up your avatar so you can kind of put on the meow clothes and get into that theme. Um, you also, there'll be scavenger hunts and stuff through the mini golf games. You'll be able to collect different balls. Um, and for, yep, sorry. Yep, there goes like, it sounds like your dog is collecting balls right yeah, now. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, uh, for only three, $3.99 US dollars, you'll be able to access it, <laughs> which is super cool. Um, anyway, I, I think it's neat. I think it's a cool advertising tool actually for uh, Meow Wolf to kind of get it out there and people get an idea of what the Meow Wolf theme is all about and, uh, you know, have a little pre-experience before they can go do it themselves.
Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a way for you to stay connected to the Meow Wolf brand as well and have some fun with friends and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it's a great, great play by Meow Wolf and, and a good get for Walkabout as well to get a really cool, interesting brand that has uh, a lot of its own IP. So pretty cool. Uh, all right. Well, one of the other things that we've uh, that, I, that I read about today is Betson Enterprises. So everybody, if you're involved in arcades at all, you're familiar with Betson at least. Uh, they reached a milestone. They had their thousandth graduate from their Betson Technical University recently, and so this happened uh, at IAPA, where they had their their recent class of sixty students who went through their Betson Technical University. It's a two day what they call intensive practical training. And it's suitable for pretty much students of all positions, all levels, all levels of experience. And the course includes a manual, a multimeter, eight and one tools, a ticket emulator, tamper-proof Torx bits, receptacle tester, and, and ultimately you come away with your BTU certification. And um, so it's cool. They've been doing this since 2016. So it's not that long ago and already have a thousand students who've gone through this. That's pretty impressive. But when I was looking at this, I was like, you know what? This is probably something that every operator should go through. And I'm like, I haven't done anything like this. Like, I feel like I've gone to a lot of courses and classes about arcades and arcade mix and, you know, arcade pricing and everything else, but not like the actual inside how to fix and repair arcades. And I feel like this is just one of those skill sets that while you may not be the one that's doing it all the time in your arcade or in your center, it's just probably good to uh, have that as a... Um, as a backup skill set and just to understand what your techs are doing in general. It is so important. And you just, I mean, if you, if you do an arcade, you eventually learn it by osmosis through your tech people or mm -hmm. I did anyway, because I always wanted to know what they were doing. So I'd spend tons of hours with them, understanding, learning how to solder, learning how to move, uh, you know, this or that around how to manipulate a game. And it's, it's critical because on our game floors, if you don't have a tech that's available 24 seven and something goes down, you want the ability to fix it yourself. It's extremely frustrating when you can't. So it's it's definitely a, a, a amazing program, I think, to go through for sure. And it wasn't available when I started my arcade. So, you know, it probably yeah. would have saved on a lot of mistakes. <laughs> a lot of boards not being rude by the way I soldered. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's probably something that you should send your GM to and your AGMs yeah. to. Like it's just like it's two days, right? It's a two-day course. And if you're gonna go to IAPA anyway, and I'm sure they offer it throughout the year in other places, but if you're gonna be there at the expo, you might as well tag that onto your visit. Super cool. Super cool stuff. Um, speaking of uh, super cool stuff, I think. No. no. <laughs> okay, not. No, no, you're going to kibosh that right away. Okay. No. I thought we were done with this, actually. I thought that we were not going to ever see this again. But it sounds like we've got another pickleball court popping up. A pickleball, pickleball and kitchen. 6.3 acres near Lake Norman. All right, let's hear. I'm just going to share the logo because that's all I got. Um, I don't see any renderings or anything like that. Now, this place is going to be, and it does sound lovely. Um, 16 pickleball courts, eight indoors, eight outdoors. They'll also have four top golf simulators, which I love. I think that's great. Um, and a full kitchen. Um, one thing that they're doing right off the get-go, though, is they're offering um, some memberships, which is great. I love that idea. I think that's a super awesome idea. Um, now, the owners of this, they used to own a large da uh, Dodge Ram dealership, and they operated it for 20 years. They sold it, and they just wanted to get back into the community and give something back, and so they've opened up this big old pickleball location. <laughs> anyway, the whole project, 65,000 square feet. Um, yeah, exactly. Tons and tons of pickleball happening, and just when you thought it was over, it's back again. Um, but that wonders or brings me to thinking about um, 
where did pickleball come from? The name, like how did, like, it doesn't even look like a pickle. I'm so I'm a bit confused. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, I can do some, let me just pull this up here quick. And I'll, while, while I'm pulling this up and I'll give you some background. Um, I just like, what the hell? Like, I'm so, I'm so burnt. Like, okay, great. Yes. Like, yes, your, your, your area is starving for pickleball. Like there's not enough places to pick, play pickleball until the Lake Norman area and all the little surrounding towns, like in those cities decide to convert some of their tennis courts to pickleball courts. And then you're out of business because everybody's going to play pickleball for free anywhere all the time. Yeah. And they don't have to go pay to play at your place. Like, anyway, I just, I just it's like such a like adverse reaction to these pickleball only venues. They better have off the chain food and beverage to get people to even right. come in there. So, and, and I think that makes, you make a really good point on that is that it can pop out as, as a public facility at some point, And that can be very dangerous. Right. Um, but if you think about it this way, maybe in colder climates, it works a bit better because as soon as the snow hits, you're not outside playing pickleball because you probably can't play pickleball in the snow. And if you can, it would be very limited and they'd have to clear the snow off the court. So there could potentially be an opportunity with that, right? Um, totally agree. Except Charlotte, North Carolina, unless I'm wrong, doesn't deal with uh, yeah. doesn't deal with snow, um, and yeah. or if they do, it's well, inclement. Rain. Like it's yeah, okay, a little bit of rain, but whatever. Anyway, so you're right. I mean, look, I'm I'm just <laughs> shitting on it for because I like to shit on pickleball venues right now, but but, um, but I will say, all right, so, name name, yeah. Yes, the name. All right. So it is. Uh, so first of all, it's important to know that pickleball was invented all the way back in 1965. So this is not a new invention. It's just gained massive popularity. And Joel Pritchard uh, was the well, it was actually invented by three people. But uh, Joel Pritchard is the one that gets the most because he was the one that really made it popular. Um, but it actually didn't have a name uh, at first until it gained popularity. I don't know what they called it, like friend ball or something. A bunch of people well, getting together to play friends. I don't, I don't know what they called it originally. Maybe but it's never name. Dusted down here, yeah. <laughs> but there's but there's two there's two leading uh, there's two leading like ideas. So the first one is that it was Joan Pritchard, the wife of Joel Pritchard, uh, uh, named the game after the pickle boat and crew races. So in crew races, the pickle boat is the last boat to finish, and the oarsmen are chosen from the leftovers of other boats. Okay, so. I don't know why it, like this is, has anything to do with pickle boats, like in, and rowing and crew. Uh, it's like, I don't see any, so I, I think that one's not right. The next one I actually think has legs is the game may have been named after the Pritchard's dog pickles. The dog would chase the ball whenever the boys played. The issue is that the family didn't adopt pickles until a few years after the game was invented. But if the game didn't have a name when it was invented until it gained popularity, then it very well could have been, like they started calling it pickles ball, right? Pickles ball, pickles ball, um, oh, and yeah. pickles ball turned into pickleball, and that's what we got there. I think that one has the most licks. Mm -hmm. Okay, I bought that one. That yeah, still a stupid it, name. It seems, it, seems, it seems random and weird enough that. And I, isn't there a famous dog named Pickles out there too? I, like a storybook named after him or something? Uh, I don't know, but apparently Pritchard's dog is now famous because he's got an entire uh, global phenomenon named after him. Uh, so, what a dog. Right. What a dog. <laughs> what a dog. Such a good dog. Well, the pickles. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, last uh, we've got here is Waltopia. Waltopia is obviously well known for their climbing walls and they've done some interactive stuff and some soft play. And they recently released their Waltopia slides. And uh, so what's cool about the Waltopia slides is that they can be integrated with all of their other products from their portfolio 
uh, you know, it gives a really possible start or exit to their cloud climb, to their adventure trail, to their elevated playgrounds. And um, there's just got a couple of different pictures here, some are renderings of, you know, what you can do with their slides. And, uh, you know, then others are this last one here, I think is really cool because this is an actual installation at, a, at an FEC venue. And, um, you know, what's cool is like the, these, win they actually have windows at the top and they can uh, have glowing LED panels that illuminate the tube from the outside, but also from the inside to kind of have this futuristic appearance. And then they've also added an unattended component so that you don't actually have an attendant at the top of the slide. Like a lot of times these really long slides, you have to have somebody there metering, but they actually have a traffic light system at the gate. So it, it will indicate when somebody is far enough down the tube that the next person can go. Now, kids have to follow this or adults have to follow it, but, um, you know, it's still, it is a, uh, gives you one option for an unattended, unattended version of their new Waltopia slides. Yeah. Gosh, those look expensive. <laughs> I wonder what they cost. But I just like, hmm, do they generate enough income? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I mean, like it, it adds, if it, if it, if it enhances the experience and it, what it does is drives longer dwell time from the kids and also drives repeat visitation, because frankly, who doesn't love going down a long ass slide? Like that's pretty fun. And so, you know, if it, wow. if it, the kids like love, like you climb all the way up this thing and you don't want to like climb all the way back down you just get to go down a slide. Um, yeah. And, and the thing with those, like if, if, if you ever had one in your facility, you have to like take care of the insider. You get super static cling. And I'm like, we used to have to go and take like draw, uh, uh, dryer sheets and wipe it out, you know, and they have to be built right. Otherwise you get lots of burns on these, you know, your bum and your sides and different things like that. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, totally. Well, right. that's why you see a lot of places now there's like there, they put these little, um, you like, like a sack, basically like a slide that. sack, uh, and you mm -hmm. go down and then that helps absorb the pee when the kids pee on the way down too. So you, you get the, you know, the pee absorbed in the slide sack instead. So <laughs> you're bringing back bad memories for me right now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not from when well, I was again from, from taking care of other kids going down slides. Anyway. Yes. No, I, I, well, I mean, it could have been when you were a kid too. But, right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that is it for the LBX Daily Show today, everybody. Uh, this is CB and BW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. Bye, guys. <laughs>